Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm really, really excited and honored with me to have Alicia and Brian. Is it McGill? Yes, it's McGill. Yes, yeah. And you have an amazing story, amazing testimony that I think many people are going to relate to um, from marriage struggles to mental health issues, and even just like the help that you sought and um, growing up being churched and, you know, being done with church. And um, you guys now have a ministry, you've written a book. And I mean, I'm just, I'm honored to have you guys here. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank you so much for having us. We're, we're, very honored to be here. Yeah. So go ahead and why don't you start by just kind of sharing a little bit about each one of your lives and kind of, and get to the testimony to share kind of what God did. And I will ask some questions as we go, but I'm just really excited to hear from you too. Yes. Well, thank you again for having us. And we're really excited to share our story. We'll tell a little bit about ourselves and our backgrounds. Well, my name is Alicia and I grew up basically in a evangelical evangelical back, you know, setting. Um, we were in church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, and every revival. (laughs) So every time the church was, the doors were open, we were there Mm -hmm. and my dad was a deacon in the church. And so, um, we were very, very involved. And so a lot of my memories as a child were from church because we we were always there. Yeah. Um, you know, the New Year's Eve said the New Year's Eve services, I was playing with Barbies under the pew, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's how we live. That's yeah. how we live. Yeah. So, um, and I think that my dad ended up becoming a pastor several years um after we had gotten married. Or no, 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 I think it was right mm-hmm. after we got married. That's when he became a pastor of his own church. And so, um, but before that he was a youth pastor. And so just lot, lots and lots of church, (laughs) like I've been saying. Yeah. Um, and Brian also, he's grown up in church, but he was like, he was a different denomination as me. Yeah. You want to go into it? Yeah. I, uh, I grew up in church as well. Um, I had both sets of grandparents were really godly. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of like Alicia, anytime the church doors was open, we was there. Yep had a good foundation, had a good, good family, mm-hmm. um, on both sides of my parents, you know, mm-hmm. very godly upbringing. What denomination? We was Nazarene. Okay. So, and then Alicia was Pentecostal. So okay. totally um, different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell them about your first experience when you came to church with me. Well, it was different. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure what to expect. I was a little scared. <laughs> But after I remember the, there was a woman that fell down yeah. in the front and he thought yeah. somebody had died. Yeah. yeah. She had been slain the spirit. So I was like, I've never experienced that before. Mm-hmm. It was different, but after a few Sundays, I got used to it and been in that mm-hmm. way ever since. Yeah. I think that when we met, we, sh- we 
when we met, we were about, I was, I think about 17 and you were 18 Mm -hmm. and we knew right away. I knew right away that he was the one. Mm -hmm. And there was just something inside. I think it was God, but I knew that he was the one. And we were engaged six months after we met. And then less than a year later, we were married. Mm -hmm. So by the time I was 18, I was a bride. (laughs) Wow. So very young. Very young. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I would say, like we had mentioned, we had been immersed in so much church by the time we got married. And and I just want to say like my parents were so loving to each other, so godly. Um, I had the best example of what marriage is, Mm -hmm. the absolute best example. Um, Divorce was not a thing in our family. Separation was not a thing. You know, I remember seeing my my parents fight one time and I thought, things were ending, you know, that's, I just, we didn't see that. They didn't expose us to anything like that. And so I was very sheltered. And I think I also, in a way, not having experienced how to resolve conflict, Mm -hmm. you know, because I never saw that with my family. I didn't know how to resolve that. And so looking back now, you know, I, what they did, I think, they thought was very healthy for us, but I think in a way it, it was unhelpful in some way Yeah, because I felt unprepared. I didn't know, you know, how to, how to resolve a conflict. Right. Like it's right. So, and the opposite of that is lots of conflict, lots of fighting in the home. And so it, there's those extremes and that is very clearly, Oh, I don't want that. And so it looks like you want the no conflict but then it's not actually teaching how to communicate well, how to get through conflict, how to even siblings fighting, they learn negotiation skills. Yeah. You know, like these are just skills that we like kind of need in life. Like life isn't perfect. So we have to figure out these communication skills. So, right. Yeah. Well, I learned those with my sisters. <laughs> yeah. So you did get some of those. Yeah. <laughs> I did get some of my sisters. Yeah. Yes. But what, how would you describe our first few years of marriage? Well, I think we, it was hard because we had, I think we both come from homes and parents that were different. I mean, my parents wasn't like loving as yours was, but it, it was a, it was a good home. You know, we had a solid foundation at home, but then when me and her got married, it was kind of like she left her I guess safe place. And I kind of left my safe place. And all yeah. of a sudden we're like, we're two strangers living together. And we're, and it was, it was like, we was trying to figure it out. Like, it's like, yeah. we just got thrown out there and yeah, we're trying to figure it out on our own. And it was tough. Yeah. We just, well, you saw, you saw conflict in your home. Right. I did not. And so here we have these two different viewpoints mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. into a marriage. Yeah. And so it was a little, we were shocked at first And we're both strong-willed. Very so. strong-willed. Yes. Yes. I thought that each argument was an end-all. You know, it, it was just very all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say our marriage issues, the big things, um, probably started about four years in. Okay. And I was um, pregnant in nursing school towards the very, very end of it. You know, I was 
going to nursing school during the morning time and he was working second shift. And so we really didn't see a whole lot of each other. It was kind of like, I would get home, he was gone. Mm -hmm. And then by the time he would get home, I was in bed, you Mm -hmm. know? So we were just passing each other. Ships in the night is what I say. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which was not, not good for our relationship at all. And right towards the, no, I, yeah, I graduated from nursing school. And then shortly after that, um, Brian left. You just kind of walked out the doors. You want to talk about that? Well, it was, we were just, it was, it was tough because we were, you know, between like literally at that point I had a, a, a night shift job. So she would come home from, from school and I would be leaving Mm. and then you know at that point I was trying to get into being a home builder so I would wake up early in the morning and leave and then just between all that stress of just I think physically being wore down and then mentally you know not seeing her and then when we did see each other we we fought we fought Mm. and it was just I got to the point like this isn't what I thought it was going to be and And like uh, we said earlier we had started to we just kind of abandoned our foundation yeah we just you know we went to church just so we could stamp our church card basically but we were detached yeah we just were kind of there going through the motions basically Mm -hmm. so we could be seen and Mm. um you know so people wouldn't wonder where we were Right. We were just trying to keep up the appearances. Basically. There wasn't a connection and relationship with Jesus. Right. No. no. And so yeah. when we, I feel like when we removed him, then that allowed for lots of other things to come in. And a lot of things came in. Yeah. <laughs> Walked through that door. So. Yeah. Um, But I would say the the infidelities didn't really start until I got pregnant with my second daughter. Mm-hmm. And then you, about over a 12 year span was when the infidelities just kind of continued. And were you but, aware of it? Um, Not at first, but I did find out like, yeah, I, one time I had a husband call me to tell me another time I had someone create a fake Facebook account and kind of told me that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was sometimes you told me. Yeah, there's sometimes that he just told me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was it was a rough about 12, 12-ish, 12 to 13 years. So and you're you said you were going to church or you weren't going to church during this time? We were, we were still going to church. But just not plugged in. Okay, so I mean, this is, this is a really good testimony because this is super, super, super common. Um, why did you stay with him? Because I know many people, even in the church, just like they don't understand the root behind infidelity as a therapist. I totally do. I know things don't just happen for no reason. Um, but many people just, they get offended and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that would happen. What kept you kind of in Alicia and where you would just keep staying um, yeah, I mean, what was the, I mean, obviously you guys weren't happy during this time, but you could have left and you didn't. Right. I think for me, 
after let's see about 2014 my it's funny because my dad actually I kept taking him back and I didn't really know why but in 2014 when things really came to a head um I remember I told the Lord I said I cannot do this anymore Brian was wanting to come back home again you know, our marriage felt like a revolving door and I felt like the doormat. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I, you well, know, he would, it, so he would leave, mm-hmm. ha- um, have an affair, then come back and say, I want to make it work again. Is that what would happen? So there'd just be this pattern. Yes. And leaving and then coming back. And what would he say? Why he was cheating? Oh, Brian, I could ask you that. Why would, why would like, what would you say to her? Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to her. Or would you say, did you have a reason or how did you get her back? Why would she say yes? I don't know why she said yes so many times. I uh, I did. I would like, I would. You had a lot of promises when you would come back. Yeah. I I think, I think growing up and it was for me and it still might, I might still not have it figured out to this day, but it was just, there was so much turmoil, like with fighting at home and, uh, I was, I would just point like, I would come back and think things will get better and we'll be, which we know now there is no normal. There is no such thing as normal. Right. But uh, when you compare to other people and say, oh, that family's normal. But, um, <laughs> you know, I always thought I'll come back and we'll begin to be a normal family mm. and then it wouldn't happen. And I would, I don't know where it's out of frustration, but I would just get to the point where like, okay, I can't do this anymore and I would leave and I wouldn't leave with the intent to go having an affair. Right. It just, I was just out there on my own and then it happened. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and then I would, a lot of times I was drinking really bad, you know, through those, those periods. So there was nights that I would be drinking, crying and listening to worship music on my phone. And wow. I, I would get convicted and be like, I can't do this anymore. I got to get back. But this was a pattern and I would go back home and, you know, I would tell her, you know, I won't do that again. And it's just a pattern after pattern, you know, each time until the final, you know, the final with the suicide and all that that went on and the dreams, you know, that's, that was really the shifting point and turning point for not only me, but for her as well. Yeah. So tell tell me about that. So then you you became suicidal, Brian, and then you started to have some significant dreams. Can you kind mm-hmm. of share what happened there? Well, I was just, you know, I got to a point where I was drinking so bad and like literally I'd wake up in the morning and I wouldn't know like left from right or up or what down. <laughs> and I just, I did, I, I'd went through this. I thought about doing this for months and I even had at one point I was ready to do it. And then I had a dream that my mom was the one that found me. And wow. As she ran to me, I was a full grown man, but when she got to me, I turned into like a little six year old boy. And I remember just like almost being above my body and watching her cradle me and crying. And I remember I was like, I cannot do this. So oh. you know, a, a few months went by and then it got to the point where I was so depressed and just the, the, the devil kept telling me that you've hurt your family so bad. And this is a final straw. You're going to really hurt them this time, but a year from now, they're going to be healed and be moved on. So I accepted that. So I did. It's like I took one of my shotguns that my grandfather had given to me and stuck it underneath my chin 
and pulled the trigger and it just clicked and didn't go off. And I remember pulling the shell out and looking at it and it should have went off because the firing pin had hit the shell because I actually put it back in and pointed it in the air and it went off. Oh my God. And right after that, it was probably a week later, I had a dream and I remember our little, well, she was little then, mm-hmm. Hallie, our daughter, but mm-hmm. I, remember, I remember her screaming in the dream, Daddy saved me. Mm-hmm. And I remember all I could see was her hand in flames and I couldn't get to her. And I, and at that point I knew she was in hell. And when I woke up, God like really dealt with me that the path you're going down is going to lead her down the same path. And I remember that day I quit drinking and I moved out from the house or the apartment I was living with a girl with. And yeah, I, I'd accepted even if I went back again, or at least she even allowed me to come back and walk through the door that I was going to change. Even if we didn't go on as a married couple, I was going to change. And, uh, I think I did. I tried to, it took me a few days, but I did talk to Alicia and there were some things that happened to her with suicide that I think once that all tied in together and I realized, okay, something's God's up to something, mm-hmm. you know, it's, then we finally got to the point of me coming back home, but it was, it was a long year long process of her and the kids not having anything to do with me. Yeah. So you became suicidal as well, Alicia. Yes. It was actually around the same time as Brian. We just didn't know it. So the enemy was, he wasn't just trying to take, you know, Brian out. He was trying to take me out as well. We just, we had no idea, but you know, like we've said, you can imagine all of the trauma that I was walking through all, you know, just the years and years of abandonment and the betrayals was just mounting. And even though I was in therapy, even though I was, you know, trying to get my heart, you know, or get my life back with God off and on, I was still, I was so broken inside that I was no longer seeing a way out. You know, it seemed like throughout my life, I could find some way out, but it just, it mounted so high. I just didn't see, it's like, I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel anymore. Even my own kids, you know, I didn't even see them as I'll, I can stay for them. All I saw was them hurting. So this, I just want to, I want to point this out because I think sometimes people don't understand when people get so broken and they either leave their kids or they commit suicide as parents and they're not, that's not the choice. That's not what they're wanting to do. Yeah. When mental health gets a hold of you, it is like destruction. The devil gets a hold of you and it is total destruction. You cannot see straight. You cannot think straight. And that it it literally just clouds you and you don't believe in life anymore. Like it just death starts taking. I mean, that's really what the enemy does. So thank you for sharing that. I just want to point that out because I think a lot of people don't understand when people get to that dark place, like you, you guys are really amazing people. And the fact that this happened to you just really shows how, how the enemy can take any of us or grab any of us, but God is bigger. And he, he was there. (laughs) Yes. Goodness. I know. Just like you were saying, you know, I would, I would never, you know, in my right mind would ever want to leave my children Mm -hmm. parentless, But when you're in that place, Mm -hmm. it's like all of my judgment was just gone. And all I could see in front of me was what was hurting. And so I had decided I had been on, um, you know, to the doctor many times to be put on an antidepressant because it was just, it was a lot. (laughs) And 
So after being on several different medications and having them switch to something stronger, I was on a pretty, pretty strong medication and I was maxed out at the dose. And, um, so I, Brian, me and Brian were separated and I'd asked him, he was coming to get the kids. And I just said, would you pick up my prescription for me on your way? And so he did. And then he took the kids and left. And while he was gone, I decided I was just going to take the whole bottle. I was going to take everything inside. And being a nurse, um, I knew that that was going to be sufficient. <laughs> you know, I had worked with some nurse friends who had attempted and was unsuccessful. And then they had injured themselves. And I didn't want that. I wanted to make sure that I just, you know, I didn't have complications. I just, I just wanted to be over. And so he left, took the kids and I was sitting there, you know, in our, my bedroom crying, you know, because it's never hard when you're in that place and you're ready. <laughs> it's not a hard, it's not an easy place to be in. Um, so I went and got the bottle and when I opened it, there was only three pills inside the bottle and which has never happened to me before. You know, I took three pills every day. That was my daily dose. Mm -hmm. And I was so confused by where was the rest of them? This bottle should be full. Where's the rest of them? And so when Brian got back, I asked him what happened to the prescription and he said that the pharmacy lost them. They, in their system, they showed thousands of, they, they should have thousands of pills and they could only find three in their system. <clears throat> they could only, when they went to get them and fill the prescription, there was only three and they were looking into it where that they had gone. And the day that I chose to take my life was the day that all of the pills suddenly disappeared except for my daily dose. Wow. And I had been on medication for years and God literally stepped into my timeline and stopped what I had planned. Mm -hmm. And I knew, I knew immediately that God did that. And I, I broke down and I shared with Brian, my plan because I, it was just so raw and so real in that moment. You know, I had enough knowledge and enough foundation to know that was God. And then at that moment, that's when you shared with me mm -hmm. his attempt. Mm -hmm. Sure. It was like, we were sharing with each other what had just happened. And it was like, God came into our space in that moment. And we, we realized there's more for us. This is not our plan. This is not mm -hmm. what we're supposed to be. Our marriage is not supposed to be another statistic. And we're going to find out why. Wow. So, yeah, that's, that's wow. pretty much our testimony. What then, so what then did God do after that? So, at, I mean, I know you've kind of shared before that you guys did inner healing, you guys did mental health counseling, and you also did deliverance. So can you just kind of share a little bit about like seeking help, you know, getting that help and we'll get to kind of your book and your website too. Yeah. So, yeah. Brian had his, he went through deliverance 
um, on his own. And then I walked through deliverance um, a couple times on my own. Mm. And, but we've done some inner healing and definitely lots and lots of counseling. Mm. Um, basically just to get to, you know, a- after walking through so many years of that, I was traumatized. Mm-hmm. You know, I was completely traumatized. I was suffering from PTSD. There were yeah. so many things yes. um, that I was suffering from and was triggering out of control. And so I had to, I had for my sanity, I had to get into counseling, mm-hmm. but also many, many sessions of inner healing, mm-hmm. which is so important. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like the counseling was amazing, but I feel like the inner healing was just, it was the next level. Mm-hmm. It goes, it goes beyond what counseling can do. <laughs> yeah, ta- can you talk about that? Cause I talk about all three of this on my show and I'm trying to, I'm trying to have deliverance be more normal and, and, and yes. counseling or uh, clients to know what inner healing is and therapists to know there's so many therapists that don't know what's inner healing. I don't know what that is. And if you could explain, did you do a manual prayer? Did you do Sozu? Sozo? What kind of inner healing did you, did you do? I did Sozo. Okay. And Basically, they walked me through um, my childhood Mm. to find out where was Jesus at. And Mm. I found that there was a lot of places, um, just even growing up, where I had to invite Jesus into that space Mm. that I didn't even realize. You know, I didn't even realize that I had been believing a lie um, when I was five years old. You know, I had there was some trust issues that I, that the enemy had lied to me. Mm-hmm. I believed this. I believed, you know, I wasn't safe, you know, at different points in my life. And so, um, inviting Jesus into that space where the lie was. And then at that moment, um, re- undoing the lie and replacing it with God's truth is you can't remove something without replacing it. And so, <laughs> There was a lot of that, a lot of undoing the lie and then placing the the truth of God in there. What I think inner healing does that's very different from counseling, unless it's like EMDR, some sort of trauma therapy, is that it gets into your soul. And so, and there's like a rewiring that happens that the Holy spirit is doing that is very different from just talking. And I think talking is useful. Like the talk therapy is useful. Cause I think that process can actually build trust. Like I'm sure as you guys are doing counseling and inner healing, trust is starting to build. Would you yes. say that that's kind of what was happening with the two of you? Like, okay, we're building trust again. What was that? What happened? Yeah, we we both seen each other. I mean, through that, we 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 both was able to see change. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it was it was more like one on one time with God because, like I said, that first year I came back, I built so many bonfires in our backyard because I would just we would get into it, and I would just I told her I'm not going to leave again. Since she was always used to me, like we get into it, we I just pack all my stuff, throw it in the truck, and leave. Mm-hmm. And for like a year, I just would go to the backyard and just spend time with God. Mm. And that was like, I got so much healing out of that. And God just speaking to me because I allowed him to finally, you know, he just revealed like even things what I needed to do in my life to change and our marriage. And 
like just numerous dreams. He would just give me dream after dream. And I'd always, I'd always, cause I would always wonder, am I going to go back to this lifestyle? Cause I didn't want to, but he was, he would just give me such vivid dreams. I remember one night he was, he, he gave me a dream that like Satan was sitting at this long table with all these demons and he was giving them a, uh, giving them orders to come and find me. And I remember like, even in my dream, I could see him coming through the wooded area where we lived, but there was an angel standing in front of our door and they came up and they said, where's he at? And they, and the angel says, he don't live here anymore. And it was like, God was dealing with me. Like there was like a whole change of address going on Come you know, on. with, with oh, identity, God. but yeah. So it's just that whole year was nothing but dreams from God, like just assure me your life has changed. And just, he did. He was like, he's the only thing I had at that point. So he became my best friend and still is. And I realized, you know, it's not, you know, it's not about being in the walls of the church. You know, you need to go, obviously, you know, to have fellowship with others. But it became like a Monday through Sunday thing with me, with God. And, you know, that's when I really realized, you know, even growing up as a young boy up until then, I had no idea what God really was. Yeah. Until that point. And I want to go back to your question because I don't think I answered it when you said, why did I take <clears> him <throat> back? Mm. <laughs> and like I said, in 2014, when we had the whole suicide thing is going on um, and we came back together. Um, I remember talking to God and I was very raw and just very honest with him. And I said, you know, he wants to come back, but what about me? You know, I was saying, what about me? What about Alicia? You know, it, I feel like for so many years, it was always, you know, um, mission save Brian. <laughs> and I said, what about Alicia? What about mission save Alicia? Wow. And I just, I remember I was walking, you know, down my parents' driveway and I just heard the Lord say, would you give him one more time, one more chance? And I remember I was like, what? Why? <laughs> I've given him so many chances. And, but you know, there was so much in that because he said, would you, he wasn't saying do it or, you know, I command you take him back one more time. And so I knew, I always knew that he was giving me a choice. And that he was not demanding or commanding anything of me. He was giving me the wow. opportunity to have a better result. And so I, I said, you know what? I'll give him one more chance. You know, I've already been hurt this much. You know, it's, <laughs> oh. if, he, if he does it again, you know, I know what it feels like. Yeah. And so um. I did, I just said, okay, I'll give him one more chance. And that was all I needed. <laughs> Wow. God, God knew. Wow. This is, I mean, this is just incredible. So tell me where you guys are at now. Like what's God doing in your, in your life now? Where's your, so, where's your marriage? Yep. <laughs> we, we've been restored, um, almost nine years mm, and on. I feel like our love now has deepened beyond what I ever could have imagined. And I'm actually yeah. repeating him because he said this. The other 
<laughs> but it's it's so different. It's so I, I just feel like our connection is deeper. Um, our respect, we have more respect for each other now, more value for each other now. Mm. And it's crazy to think that things could be better, you know, after what we walk through. Mm. I mean, even before all of the before everything happened, mm. you know, the the first four years where things were normal, I guess. Um, it still wasn't great. Yeah. I think, I think one thing we've both learned is, you know, growing up, we always, you've always hear those saying it's 50, 50, but we know it's like when we start giving a hundred and a hundred, like I'm giving a hundred percent toward her. Yeah. She's giving a hundred percent toward me. Then like, we really seen a shift yeah. and things started when we really started worrying about the other person more than ourself, because it's like, well, what we notice is like when I'm more worried about her needs and what she wants, and then she sees that coming from me or I see that coming from her, then you can't help but to give back. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's hard yeah. to be, it's hard to be mean to a nice person. <laughs> right. No, so it's, uh, well, and that's what, that's what God wants us to do. I mean, the Holy Spirit is moving in your marriage, right. each one of you. Right. Yes. Yeah. And he's using, you know, we never would have thought in a million years that what we have walked through would be a platform. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of a sudden, let's see, we got back together in 2014 and then God just started opening doors. I wrote a book. Mm. Um, oh, awesome. We, we've been invited for many TV shows on Daystar and wow. TVN. Uh, we're like, what yes. in the world? Yes. So we are proof and we're still, we're still walking this out. Yeah. You know, I still, to this day, I still have some effects from trauma that mm -hmm. I still have to go through counseling. I still have to do inner healing. Mm -hmm. And when I see these things come up, I get right into it because yep. that's the key. The, yes. The enemy is just looking mm -hmm. for a foothold. Yeah. And so if he can use maybe something that I don't even realize and then inner healing definitely did bring out some things I didn't know was there yeah. that I had suppressed. Right. And it, it did help to bring that out. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like we're like our marriage. We're like, if we can make it, mm -hmm. <laughs> well, but to me, this it. is why it's called a testimony. You yes. guys could not have done this on your own. Like this mm -hmm. is what God does. Like he does the yeah. things that we don't understand. He can transform anything. And if anybody has any questions or wondering where they're like, how's that happen? God, like there are mysteries in the kingdom of God that we don't understand, mm -hmm. but he can do what we have no, like we, we can't explain it. It's, yes. it's him. Right. So I would love it if you could, um, if there's anything, I if there's anything else that you wanted to say, but I would love for you to pray for our listeners. Yeah. How about I start you in? Does that sound good? Okay. That sounds perfect. All right. Okay. Lord, I just thank you, God, just so much for what you're doing in marriages and relationships and families, God, and that your heart is for family. Your heart is for the restoration and just the redemption of family. And no matter what that looks like, God, because sometimes what we think 
um, restoration looks like looks different to you. And we're also open to that, God. But we thank you, God, that you are for us, that you are not against us, God, and that you can use um, whatever we walk through, whatever the enemy has tried to come against us with, God, that we can, you can use that um, for our good. And then you can turn around and you make a platform out of that, God, which is so crazy, but that's just how you work. And Lord, Lord, I just pray, God, for everyone that's listening, Lord, that when they hear our story, God, that they would just, that it would just fill them with hope, God, in their situations, what they're going through, God, because you're no respecter of person, Lord, that what you've done for us, you will do for others, God. And I just pray, Lord, just for a replication of, of our testimony in other lives, God, that you would just heal, restore, redeem, and just return everything that the enemy has stolen. Father God, we just come to you right now, Lord God, and we just lift up every family that's listening, Lord God, that they might be going through similar situations, Lord God, and God, we just pray a covering over them. God, we just pray guidance. God, we just pray over all the fathers and the mothers out there, Lord God, that uh, don't think they can make it another day, God, that they just have hope, Lord God. God, we just uh, pray over the fathers that they will become real men, Lord God, and they will learn that what it really means to be a man Mm -hmm. and to stand up for their children and their wives, God, and to be there, to be armor bearers for their family, God, to war against the enemy that might try to come in and destroy their family, God, and God, we just pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Can you share what your website is and your book? Yes, um, you can find us at makingbeautywiththeashes.com and my book is there, our podcast is there, um, I have some articles that we've written there, so you can find out how to connect with us, everything is right there, makingbeautywiththeashes.com. What is the name of your podcast? So they it's can- called Healing the Broken Marriage. Okay, awesome. So they, okay, so they can find on your on your website, but also yes. searching that as well, and the name of your book. Um, healing the broke, or I'm sorry, (laughs) (laughs) making beauty with the ashes. I get them mixed up. It's okay. Yes. Um, any, any last words, anything else that you guys wanted to add? Yeah. Um, we just want people, we, I think through our story, when we share our, our testimony is we just want people to hear hope that even if you're in a dark place, no matter what that is, there's always, always hope. And so I really, yeah, I just want people to hear that. To never give up. Never give up. Yeah. That's good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much to both of you for being on and God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.